guys, welcome back to Star Wars The New Era. This is episode six, and I am one host, Ed. With me, as always, is my other host, Levi. Levi, how are you tonight? The Force is strong with this one. Ah, how very Yoda-ish. Yoda-esque. Yoda-esque. Yoda-etic. Yeah, I'm not sure what it would be. Yodish. Yeah, Yodish. There we go. The the old world uh, attributed to Yoda. Uh, Yodish. Uh, yes, that would be what, an, an adverb, right? Yodish. Sure, we'll, we'll go with that. Okay. Uh, those that may be new, um, be aware this is a spoiler show. We talk about the books, what we like and what we don't like, and in order to do that, we kind of have to tell you what's going on. Now, we won't tell you everything because ultimately – we want you guys to be interested enough to pick these books up and read them. Mm-hmm, because there is so much more to be oh. found. Yeah, yeah, we, we definitely – we might hit a major point or two, mm-hmm. but we, we certainly don't talk about everything and who said what and then what the face looked like. And what, you know. Yeah, I mean it's, it's like you know, summing up uh, an hour-and-a-half, two-hour-long movie in three minutes. Right, yeah. Um, and I, I, I forgot our rather lengthy tagline. We are a Marvel, Disney, Star Wars comic book fan podcast. <laughs> to just narrow that scope right down. Yep. Just you know, hashtag right there. There. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. That's only what like 250 characters. Exactly. That'll, that'll fit. Or we can just break it up. Or, or just use uh, the first letter of each word. And just post that as the hashtag, some kind of there funky. You go. Yeah, there you go. Figure it out, folks. You know what it means. You hashtag along with us. It's the season. Tonight, today, this this episode. There we go. Right now. Lando 1 through 5, which is the miniseries, is what we're going to be talking about. That's right. Lando Calrissian got his own miniseries. And, and I believe just on the surface that Levi, you were probably a lot more hyped for this than I was. I was, because Lando was a character that you really didn't get to see a lot of, but he was, when you did, he was such a charismatic character, and then for them to be like, well, we're going to write a whole miniseries about, or based around and on him, I was like, ooh, goody. And you would think he would be pretty important in the Star Wars universe because he's like, what, one of two black people maybe? In the current or in the new were? Well, we know of another in the new trailers, but I thought in the original – In the original three, he was – Was he the only? I'm pretty sure he was the only in the original three. Wow, Okay. I'm, See, I'm pretty sure. Now, in the expanded one through three, or as I like to think of them, three through si- or four through six. Four through six, right? Um, we had um, oh, I'm missing his name, and it was going to be so cool. Not Neo, but uh, what was what was his name in the Matrix movies? Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, uh, oh, uh, no, not Prometheus. Um, Oh, uh, but drawing a blank. We we had him also oh, in the other three. No, 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 no. Um, um, oh, Samuel. Oh no, L. that was the wrong character. Yeah, oh, I am Sam- so sorry. Samuel, oh wow, Samuel L. Uh, um, 
Fury. Yes. Uh, oh. From the. He's yeah. He's the only one that had pink lightsaber. Uh, a pink lightsaber. I'm, I'm sorry. Because he he told him, I'll do the I'll I'll, I'll do it. If I get a pink lightsaber. Oh, is that really what he said? I'm I'm pretty sure I, I remember reading an interview with him about the movie. That's funny. And it's uh oh, what was his name? Mace Windu. Yes. There we go. Okay. He was he was supposed to be um, at the time the order's top saber specialist. Okay. And just so that I go ahead and head off everybody, I know that I'm just going to be absolutely bitch slapped for mixing up oh, Samuel L. Jackson be. and uh, Morpheus. Yes. So you should be. Yeah, go ahead and send them, guys. I was I'm like, sorry. what? He wasn't in Star Wars ever. Why are you referencing yeah. that movie? I don't. And I, then I when I realized, bald black man, I was like, dude, really? There you see. Yeah, that's okay. Really? It, it, it was both of them have brown eyes. That's really what brought it together for me. It, you know, so <laughs> all, all brown-eyed people look alike, huh? It, to me, yeah. It's you know. <laughs> I can't discern any differences once I see that. It's, well, I'm yeah. brown-eyed, so uh, thank you. That's a compliment. You look, yeah, you look like Samuel Elf. Uh, <laughs> exactly. to me. So, you know, I don't know. You have to identify yourself that way. <laughs> we all look alike. Okay. Now that the bigot portion of the show is over, um, we have <laughs> the, the creative cast for this, fortunately, this whole series. Um, Charles Sewell was the writer. Alex Maliev on art, Paul Mounts on colors, and Joe Caramagna, or Caramagna, however he pronounces it, was on letters. So once again, as we have had, I believe, with definitely with all of the miniseries, they have been able to maintain the same creative people for all four or five issues. Mm -hmm. So that, that has been cool. And actually, I think that pretty much has turned out to be the case for the Star Wars and the Darth Vader books, too, if I recall. Mm -hmm. I, I think Kanan might have changed. But. All right, so I will start with my favorite cover. It was okay. the cover to issue one. Ah, uh, okay. And I liked it because, for me, it really struck what I knew Lando to be. He... he it, it, it's just a very roguish-looking cover to me. Mm -hmm. um, he's got his feet up on the desk, propped up, his shirt open, hands behind his head, uh, probably leaning back in his chair. Now, mm -hmm. silhouetted behind a drape behind him is a figure um, as of an approaching assassin or ne'er-do-well of some sort. And Lando has his blaster laying down in front of him, which... In the miniseries, I liked the blaster that they gave Lando because it looked just like the blaster they gave the Han Solo figures in the original figure run. Yep. Uh, the the toys, and I yep. thought that was just cool. That I don't know if they intended to do that, but it was the exact same one that Han Solo had as I was growing up in the little toys. I'm I'm betting it was on purpose. <laughs> All right. So which which was your favorite cover? Well, you know, it's it's going to sound really weird, um, but four was mine. But it's because I really like the Halo-esque Master Chief-looking character okay. that seems to have sort of this hollow uh, the cube projector sort of thing in his hand 
looking at a you know a hologram projection of Lando. Okay. But I I just I liked you know this this fully um, helmeted, encased in um, probably armor of some sort that didn't look like the the Boba Fett armor, which is. Um, <laughs> So, so there are multiple armors in the Star Wars universe. Uh, apparently, after seeing this, there there are. But uh, what did Corellian? Cor- Cor- Corellian? I I thought his armor was Mandalorian. Mandalorian. That's it. Okay, I don't know what I was going with. C, but yeah, Mandalorian. Cor- Corinthian leather? Were you thinking uh, that's con Star Trek? Is that what you're trying to do? Bring Star Trek into this? No. Uh, no we're not going to have a Star Trek Star Wars conversation. I was thinking more of the bodysuit he wore under the armor. Oh okay, um, because like the 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 design is is with the uh, the early um, clones. Okay, right. Uh, but also you see um, in Kanan, um, the uh, TV series and in the comic, one of the characters has Mandalorian armor as well. So it, it's very popular and to, to see, you know, this look more uh, Master Chief-esque than Mandalorian-esque. I was like, mm, I like that. That looks okay. cool. Yeah, and I mean, you would think that there would be virtually as many varieties of armor as there are sentients in the universe. I mean... You would think, but uh, apparently you know. no. Well, I mean, if you think about it, the stormtroopers have their own distinctive armor, if if just going by the headpiece, mm-hmm. uh, the snowtroopers from the Hoth battle had a different mm-hmm. outfit. The uh, speeder bike mm-hmm. troopers they had a different outfit. So I mean, there are different ones, but you just I guess they kind of blend in because you always see them. Yeah. Um, all these the the, the rebels, n- n- none of them really used armors. They they used chest armor, mm-hmm. um, particularly in the Force Moon of Endor battles, um, and all the alien races, uh, the, all the dudes in Jabba's fortress that we see, all mm-hmm. the dudes in the cantina that we see, very few of them are armored up. So, Yep. Maybe only the wealthy could um, afford armor. There could be. That, that may be a part of it, kind of like uh, medieval knights, only a certain... Yeah. Which... You know, that... That's actually a good um, example because um, the creator of Star Wars was influenced heavily by um, medieval times, lore, and tales. And you you kind of would have to um, try, at the very least, to make that assumption in that there are sword wielders mm-hmm. and, and you know, magic users. Yeah, so it's kind of, yeah, it, it does have a a distinctive Arthurian kind of feel to it, mm-hmm. if if only on the surface, uh, the way it looks. But right. you know, if you if you watch the movies and everything, you realize that yes, there there is more than just the way it looks. Also, mm-hmm. yeah, I always uh, I like to watch the movies whenever I rewatch them and try to watch them with. Um, Shogun, uh, Japanese and Imperial Chinese influences to see if that also played a part in his movie making. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, again, because it's a samurai with a mm-hmm. sword and, you know, uh, 
so far, I, I haven't really been able to make a really strong connection in my mind with that. But I, I think there are those influences also from the um, Lucas, I'm sure, would have grown up and been able to catch some of those classic 60s and early 70s uh, Japanese movies. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, the Kung Fu movies. Yeah, the, the Seven Samurai. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know some some of those. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure even if he wouldn't directly say that, uh, you know, yeah, that's what I was trying to channel or that's where I was at or anything, uh, they, they would still have to have influenced him at at some point in in the making. Alrighty, we start off the very first issue. Lando is just roguing away. Hmm. He he is being for me. He was being what I assumed Lando was. I mean, he he started very much in character for me. Mm-hmm. Um, we get probably to me the 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 more significant thing that I took away from this miniseries wasn't the additional development of Lando, but the development in my mind of Lobot. Yeah, there there was a lot of that. A, a lot. I mean, he he actually in in the course of this miniseries became a character rather than just a just a side piece in the movie. I don't even know that he was really even referenced in the movie. Uh, he wasn't. I mean, he had he had that part where Lando talked to him and I think just other than that like the the biggest thing was just following everybody around. Right. I mean, he looked like a, almost like another one of the droids, only he was human and had the big thing on the side of his head. Right. So, and we, we found out, like, what that's about. I mean... Yeah. I mean, he he really became a character yeah. uh, in this miniseries. And that's... Even before we get to the end and, and sum everything up, I, I think that's really what I enjoyed the most. Because even by the end of this, I wasn't the biggest Lando fan. I mean, they're, they're just, he, he just didn't grab me. He was okay. I don't dislike him. Um, but Lobot, now Lobot intrigued me, particularly yeah. with some issues that we find out that uh, he's involved in later on in the miniseries uh, personally. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, wow, that would be some really cool stuff to explore. Um, they kind of finished it up by the end of the series and it wasn't, there to explore anymore, but <laughs> so um, they won't be able to do that unless they go farther back in time now. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> they kind of sewed that one up for me. I was like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, well. pretty much. Oh, hey, there we go. <laughs> yeah, there, there we have that one. Okay. Um, we also see that uh, Lando uh, in the in the first portion of the book is attempting to do what he needs to do to settle a debt. Uh, the debt belongs to Papa Torin, uh, who is a, a, a race, a creature that I don't believe that I recognize from anywhere else. Mm-mm. No, I didn't either. Uh, he, he was he was unique, um, and I, I think he kind of messes Lando over in not accepting what Lando gives him as the settlement. Uh, instead, saying, "Hey, this is a good start, uh, but this doesn't cover everything." But you know. Here's what you can do that'll finish and, and cover everything. Mm-hmm. So, so he gives Lando a uh, another uh, heist, we'll call it, to settle 
and I'm throwing up the big quote fingers here. Oh yeah. To settle their debt. Settle it up. Yeah. Um, we we see that uh, much like Andy Griffith, <laughs> Lando doesn't like to use a gun. Wow. I know. Figure working that into a Star Wars podcast. No, it's not that. That just shows oh. your age when the <laughs> disuse of a gun or or the the not wanting to. That's your biggest reference right there. Sheriff without a gun, man. That's that's what a that's what rogue, Andy Griffith is known A for. rogue that doesn't like to use a gun is like Andy Griffith. Yeah. Of all of the TV, books, movies, oh, and everything, oh, oh, that's that's your go-to okay. reference. Who else is he like? Buddha. <laughs> I, Buddha I believe like that's to, a bit of a stretch. Buddha didn't like to use a gun either. I, that may that, be that's actually, the only thing that those two have in common. The only thing. That, that, you you don't know, but the disuse of a gun was actually the very little-known fifth principle. Well, oh, oh, okay, okay. He uh, he contemplated something other than his navel to derive that one. Yes, his his big toe. Yes. Uh, for instance, yeah. uh, if we want to. Take an opportunity and and pull a uh, a Bill Murray '80s movie into it um, by <laughs> referencing a big toe. There you go. Yeah. So okay. All right. I will I will find I will find between now and next episode I will find another more popular and recent character that eschews oh. the use of a firearm. Okay, uh, that, that's fine. I, I would say it's going to be very difficult now because of course uh, with the the, the way a lot of TV shows have gotten more violent because of the cable networks and stuff, mm-hmm. it, it'll be a little bit harder to do that. Batman. <laughs> um, when he started in the 30s, he carried a gun on his hip <clears throat> and I'll, I'll, gave I'll, it up at some point. I'll um, find one. I'll find one. Okay. Oh, that's, that's cool. And and you can't do like Superman because, I no. mean, Superman doesn't need a gun. So, you know. No. No. I'm, I'm Yeah. No. I'll... I'll Oh, okay. I'll, I'll be I'll be interested to see what you come up with. Bullet. Not that you can't. I'll just I'll be curious. Bulletproof monk. Um. Well. Okay. Yeah. He he doesn't really need a gun. So there you go. And that's way more recent than Andy Griffith. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, not sure how mainstream it is now. Andy Griffith would be pretty mainstream to people of a certain age. Yes. I'm not sure about Bulletproof Monk. Terry, sitting here next to me, just uh, Googled sheriff or police using no gun in TV or movies, and guess who has the first entry? Well, him, of course. Andy Griffith. Yeah. So, you know. So even Google is of the same mindset that I am, and Google is much more recent than Andy Griffith. So It's just, it's bots crawl better. Oh, yeah, Okay. <laughs> They crawl farther back. Exactly. All right. Uh, moving on here. Let's see. We we have the introduction of uh, probably one of the coolest um, yes. set of characters, although we haven't really been introduced to very many sets of characters, but just either one. Uh, the coolest character, top, maybe three in my mind, in any of the Star Wars books so far. Mm, okay, I'll give you top three, but the the bounty hunter Wookie and the other was pretty cool. Yes, the the black black 
Kyrgyzstan or yeah. Kyrgyzstan or whatever. Yeah, okay. He was pretty cool. But then the 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 Chica um, arms archaeologist uh, Asfra, Doctor Asfra, Af- Afra, Doctor something like that. Yeah, in in the Vader book. Yeah, yeah she yeah, was I, pretty cool too. Now, yeah, I like her a lot. I really do. I, I hope that she. Uh, continues in the Star Wars universe somewhere to play a big part in the comic mm-hmm. books because I, I really dig her. But if we're if we're talking about just badass ass kicking coolness, oh, oh yeah, these these two characters right here have it. Yeah, I mean if if you were going to play some pen and paper RPG in the Star Wars universe, oh oh they, I'd, I'd be, I I'd, I would run these characters. Oh yeah, absolutely. They they would be my go to uh, MP, NPCs right now. Uh, yeah, they're 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 uh, Alexan and Pavel. Are their names, um, and they look to me. They look like anthropomorphic black panthers. Okay, yeah, that's what I got too. Uh, a cross, maybe with a little bit of the race from Avatar. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, the the movie Avatar. Yeah, with the facial feature, like think of a, an Avatar and a Black Panther combo, like face wise. Right, yeah, the the body looked more like a Black Panther with mm-hmm. the fur, but the face looks like it would be tempered with the Avatar uh, races mm-hmm. or the robots, whichever you want to reference. Yeah, that, that's that's true. Um, and also, I, I have written down distinctly that they were 100% badass. Yes, they are. They are some of the most awesome fighting race people characters that um, I've seen in – in the star, in in all, all of the Star Wars yeah. universe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. Um, and we're we're introduced to them uh, in a in a martial sense. We first see them fighting, um, and they fight together. Almost, they they allude, I think, almost to the fact that they're they they appear telepathically linked in the okay. way that they work together although i don't think they are i think just physically and the fact that they're twins they just have done it their whole life and so it it looks that way right it's well yeah i i got it as more of the left hand and the right hand okay yeah, yeah. working together just because that's how they do i mean that it's you know it's it's been done and it, it's interesting. I, I didn't make this connection at all up until just now as we're talking about this. We actually have another pair of twins that we can compare and contrast to if we wanted to. The uh, cyborg twins in Vader's book. Oh, yeah, I thought about those, and there's no comparison. No, no, I mean it, it, two very different ways of uh, of portray, portraying what, what it means to be twins. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, not not now. Not only do we have one set, but we have a second set of, of twins that we can uh, follow around here in the in the comic book universe. Oddly enough, mm-hmm. uh, and I, you know, I, uh, oddly enough to me because it's like, well, it's not very often that people write twins. Yeah, exactly. As, as and and especially as a a main type of character or character set as well. So that's interesting. Um, to finish up this issue, uh, Lando acquires what Papa Lauren wanted him to acquire. Mm. Turns out that it is an Imperial Corvette of uh, an apparent art collector. 
as far as we know, at an the end unknown, of Yeah, an unknown owner. Yeah, as we find out, at, or we know by the end of the first issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, of course, we have four more issues. Uh, we learn some more salient facts about this particular ship here very shortly. Uh, but at the end of the first issue, that's what we know. Yep. Lando has it, stolen it. Uh, it's an art dealer, art collector, maybe some kind of artsy person, uh, very high-quality ship, and Lando got it. So there there we go. Yep, and that's what uh, Papa – what was his name? Papa what? Lauren. Lauren. That's what Papa Lauren wanted him to get. The ship. Yeah, and he, yeah. Said, he said anything on the ship you can keep, I want the ship. Yeah. All right, uh, Pretty early in the second issue, we find out that, well, you know, something odd is going about uh, go, going on because Lando stole the ship, and in an attempt to get away, three Star Destroyers are, are, are out to capture him. Right. So that is what is sent against him to, to get this ship back, are three Star Destroyers. So it's, it's an Imperial Corvette, important enough that three Star Destroyers are going to try and prevent them from taking it. And not only that, but the very first thing the Star Destroyers do when they appear is they just obliterate the docks that the ship was just taken from. As punishment for allowing the ship to be taken in the first place. Yeah, for losing the ship, you die, and then we'll get the ship. Yeah, so, wow. Yeah, yeah, and no no further explanation right now Not other yet. than that's what's happened. Not yet. Um, by using some, you know, quasi-Lando-esque kind of uh, roguish sleight of hand with the whole ship. Yeah, I'd see. I'm just going to say more of a, a roguish-esque, you know. Yeah, he, he manages to disable two of the three Star Destroyers. Um, pretty impressive uh, spatial technology, knowledge, and awareness, I thought, exhibited by Mr. Smiling Rogue Ladies Man Lando Calrissian. Yeah, probably didn't even graduate high school. Uh, you, you know, one of those, you know, I, I don't even have an eighth grade education, but watch this. It, I've it performed was, it this was move before. Pretty astute. And not only that, but while I'm sitting there reading it, I'm thinking – well, yeah, that that could happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that could actually work. It's not. It didn't seem forced in the book or anything like that. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Well, yeah, you're 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 thinking, wow, somebody actually sat down and was like, what what could happen, <laughs> right? <laughs> like in in real world, what could happen? And we'll put that in the comic. And so I I was the same way. I read that and I was like. Okay, I don't understand all of that, but that seems feasible. (laughs) What is it? People always post something on Facebook and their only comment is, seems reasonable? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's something outlandish and they're making fun and they're like, seems reasonable. Exactly. Yeah, this was that kind of thing. Two big Star Destroyers, the way Lando took them out, I'm like, yeah, okay. I can see that. It it could happen. Sure. (laughs) All right, next we are introduced to Chenneth Cha, uh, who is 
the character that Levi was referencing on the cover of the fourth issue yes. that you said was your favorite. Yes. Um, the, the, reminiscent, because to me it was the only example, really, of Boba Fett, but not not even, would I say, similar. Mm. Um, like you said, much more similar in appearance to the Master Chief. Yeah, exactly. Who, who it's my understanding, with the latest installment of the game has gone rogue? Hey, we're, we're not going to talk about that, okay? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, they're like all gunning for him, right? Is that is that how I interpret I, that? I don't know the story yet, so I'm not speculating. Okay. All right. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. No aspersions cast on the Master Chief. Nope. I I understand where he's been and what he's done for us so far. So. Exactly. The one, uh, the one thing I didn't like about this character, though, um, uh-huh. what did you say their name was? Chaneth Cha? Yeah. That's yeah. how I would say it. Is the cape. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure what it does, but okay. Well, it's just capes. Everyone knows capes get sucked into things and the characters die. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, they're not a superhero. They're in armor, so they don't need to, like, shield themselves from the elements. So I, I think it was just a, a little bit of um, a fantastical overkill to have this character have a cape. I was just like, oh, really? <laughs> you almost had it, and then you just yeah. blew it there at the end. Yeah, it's like, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I, I wasn't too I, – I didn't know why the cape needed to be there. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> I can I can get over what looks like a, a uniformly blue um, armor, and I mean, like, every yeah. – okay, it, so they, they were wanting a theme, or it's supposed to all look – okay, whatever. Fine. Except for the visor. The visor seems to reflect and at times is gold or red or whatever. Okay, fine. But the cape. Why? uh, Maybe it's a a nod to Lord of the Rings and the elves. I I don't know. I don't know. I was like, this isn't the 90s. Stop it. I I kept expecting him to duck down and look like a rock as people passed by. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Go ahead and figure that one out, guys. <laughs> more power to you. <laughs> um, and the introduction of Chanith uh, occurs via a contact from Emperor Palpatine himself, mm-hmm. while Chanith is already doing some other kind of mission, maybe for the Emperor, maybe not. I don't think we really know. But the Emperor contacting Chanith is important enough that they literally stop in the middle of what they're doing to answer the emperor's call, which yeah. I guess is what you would do anyways. I mean, you you know, emperor interrupts everything. Uh, well, yeah, but my thing was, who is this person already that we don't know anything about that we're being introduced to that the emperor himself contacts directly? Uh, okay, very uh, very good point. It, yeah, you know, it, it, and and. <clears throat> In today's um, thinking, he's got a direct line to this person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, he doesn't email and wait for a response. He does not leave a voicemail and wait for a response. 
He doesn't go through a courier. He doesn't put up a sign, send out a message or anything else. He contacts this person wherever they are in the known universe directly, and they answer. Pick up the red phone, and they're on the other end. And I'm betting it was on the first ring. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, We do find out from Emperor Palpatine that the ship that Lando has is called the Imperialis. Yes. Now, you start to wonder why the Emperor would be concerned about a particular ship and calling somebody about it and know the name of the ship when the Emperor has probably millions of ships at his disposal. Maybe it's because of what's on it. Perhaps. Perhaps. So, you know, here you get a little bit more. So so now the ship is fairly important, it appears, to the emperor himself. Maybe it's his nephews. Could be. It, it's always the nephew. Isn't it, though? <laughs> yeah. They don't understand what it took to get where they are. They always take advantage of it. And right. So they're always the one that has to be smacked in the back of the head. Yep. You know, what'd you kill three people for? It wasn't necessary. You know, you yeah. kill two, you know, but uh, it would have sent the same message. Exactly. It, you know. uh, to finish the this issue, um, they start Lando and the twins and a almost a like a Mater D caretaker of the ship. I'm not sure what to call him. Um, and a scholar uh, that has been in hiding that Lando knows. That's who all went on the mission to acquire, not the caretaker of the ship. He was with the ship. He's part of it. Actually, Mm -hmm. he's the only staff uh, that we've seen on the ship. The other characters are with Lando to steal the ship. So they're all together uh, starting to investigate the ship, and we find out that there is some sort of, uh, using quotes again, maybe treasure room or very important room because when they enter the room, they're immediately attacked by a pair of crimson guardsmen. Okay, that's <laughs> imperial guards. Uh, it, who, just, who are typically just, assigned exclusively to the emperor. You just use the G.I. Joe term. Oh, imperial? No, crimson guardsmen. Oh. Crimson Guard is, is the yeah, – I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Why, so, there we go. Uh, so I was like, no, 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 no. These are Imperial Guards but, or whatever. <laughs> but I thought they were called Crimson something, the little figures. No, I thought they were called Imperial um, – like Imperial Guards. In, okay, I, okay. I was almost positive Crimson was in their title somewhere. Mm. Like in the, in the expanded universe, they, they even had novels about them. Uh, my sidekick Terry here will look things up. Oh, okay, good. Uh, she searched Crimson Guards, Star em- Emperor's Royal Guard, is how they're listed on Wikipedia. Wikipedia. What? So, what was it? Emperor's Royal Guard. Royal. That's what it was. Okay. And here is a Royal Guard two pack looking at toys. So okay, I just because of the color, I just yeah. assumed Crimson was in the name somewhere. Okay. So. Okay, so at the end of two issues, Lando has a ship. The Emperor is interested in the ship. 
the emperor knows the name of the ship is Imperialis, and there are Imperial Royal Guards on the ship. And actually, uh, Lobot gets run through by one of the yeah he does sword sticker things that the guards use. All right, so uh, things just seem to be escalating for Lando mm-hmm. here uh, quite a bit from his simple heist and for Lobot. Well, yeah, Lobot. Although uh, Lobot's not really got much to worry about now because he's kind of out of commission. <laughs> I'd say uh, being run through looked like close to the heart, something to kind of worry about. Yeah, it it, it, it certainly looked serious. And and then they just left it. Yeah. I was like, man, I'm digging this dude, and you just do that to him and leave Mm -hmm. him? Wow. All right. So in the third issue here, we open up um, the twins, Alexan and Pavel, uh, jump to the fore and take on the two royal guard, um, because that's all there are so far that we know, so it's fair fight, two two against two. While Lando and Corrin, um, that's the educator, uh, scholar dude. Professor. Pro- professor Corrin. Although he's, he, he hid his professorness, professorship. So he, he retired from that <clears throat> and went into some uh, uh, shadier enterprises and made it a point to hide the fact that he had formerly been a scholar. Yes, because of what he specialized in. So, well, artif- uh, yeah. Um, so they, they try to take care of Lobot. We then cut to Chanis Cha and see that um, they, yeah, I'll use that pronoun, uh, <laughs> They're given access to another ship. I'm sorry. I said that the ship that Lando got had a cabin member, but it didn't. Did no. It? It's this. It's the ship that Chanith gets, the scimitar, yes. that has the uh, first mate or whatever you want to call him. I, I don't know. Caretaker. I, I don't know. So Okay. I, I, I apologize. This is another Corvette. Uh, it's named the Scimitar, and both it and the Imperialis are are very different looking ships than most of what we've seen mm-hmm. in the Star Wars universe. So you can tell they're they're built for they're they're not commonly built. No, and they're just they're a different class of ship. Very sleek. They they look you know, like very pleasure craft. Uh, yeah, they they look like expensive. Pleasure craft of, of some Instead sort. Instead of the, so, the functional, liney, straight Millennium Falcon. Okay. They 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 don't look like the transport ship that the Millennium Falcon is. Right. Right. Although I would bet that they can do the Kessel Run faster. Ooh. You're about to make a lot of people angry. Come on, look at the way these look, man. Yeah, but they don't have the modifications that the uh, well, Falcon did. Okay, maybe not. Um, so, Chanith now has their own ship, the Scimitar, uh, with a, an attendant. Uh, back on board the Imperialis, we uh, see that things here with this simple ship that Lando was supposed to grab, uh, kind of a snatch and run, uh, 
is escalating quite a bit here, and now we have Lobot uh, down for the count at the end of the third issue. Yes. So to start the fourth, uh, we start off with some extended badassery uh, because the twins, Pavel and Aleshkin, Alexin, uh, jump in front of everybody because they're going to engage the Royal Guard while Lando and the um, the uh, why I'm trying to call him a cleric. The, <laughs> no, uh, yeah. he's a scholar. Yeah, the the scholar Corin. They they drag Lobot away uh, first out of harm's way, you know, uh, but then they go looking for uh, some way to to patch him up. Uh, they're on the ship by themselves, so they don't have the full medical teams and all that stuff that we've seen before in the movies and stuff. They're they're kind of on their own. But they were lucky enough to find a back to tank. Uh, they will find a back to tank. Yeah, so I guess that's kind of the. Uh, the, the heel all of the Star Wars universe? It is. We use we used back to tank so often when I was doing the pen and paper version. Oh, okay. Back, uh, so so what, everybody just, like, carried one in their pack with them? They just pulled it out? and No, it's just every ship or every compound that you went to happened to have one. Okay. So... And- I guess just as far as the uh, uh, as part of the medical bay that there was. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, we cut to uh, Chanith, who has been given a ship to help in the mission the Emperor gave them. It's another Corvette. This one is called the Scimitar. Uh, looks just as fierce and and fast and sleek a ship as the Imperialis is. Um, the biggest difference in my mind was that the Scimitar came with. One crew member who is mildly to extremely annoying. Um, the Imperialis, as far as we know, didn't have any crew on it. And, and we can't find out because the whole place where the uh, Imperialis was docked has been destroyed. Yeah, they came in and they were like, oh, you failed. Boom. Yeah, so if there was somebody else on the ship, we'll never know. Yes. They're obliterated. Um, after dropping Lobot off... Uh, to to hopefully heal again. All they can do is put him in that back to tank. I you know I don't know that they know much more than that. Lando and Corin go back uh, because this you know whole thing with the Royal Guard and what they're protecting and everything has gotten their interest because, as far as they know, they were just supposed to steal the ship and uh, Levi. Like you said, they were told anything on the ship you can have. I just want the ship by the dude that gave him the mission. So right, it was it was a, a snatch and grab. And you get whatever is left over. Right. And and they're finding out, well, then, hmm, maybe what we get from inside the ship is even cooler than we thought. Um, cut back to Chanith and the Scimitar, and uh, we, we're finding out that the um, equipment, basically, that the Emperor is giving his agent, Chanith, is pretty impressive. Um, that's That's pretty much all I took away from that. Back to the Imperialis, where the twins have finally dispatched the guardsmen, and they and Corin and Lando are able to go into another room. This first room was just like a an, an anteroom. Uh, there's an inner room that was being protected by the guardsmen, uh, the royal guards, excuse me, and they enter it, and you can kind of tell that Corin kind of has an idea of what's up, but nobody else does, which makes sense, sense at, at this point of the uh, 
putting together of the Star Wars universe. Um, there is like a some kind of shriny kind of pedestal with a helmet on it, and maybe some other things around the wall. They're not necessarily as discernible in the art as this helmet on a pedestal in what appears to be the middle of the room. So, like, it's the main thing, and anything else is just also in the room. And so that's uh, where we leave this third issue with them having discovered perhaps things are juicier in the ship as far as what they get to keep. A super secret room. Yep, yep. (laughs) Opening issue four, uh, Chanath has arrived at the Imperialis and finds a way in. Um, Levi, I think you thought that maybe that was a little... Uh, yeah, uh, overplayed or a little fishy or well, it, it wasn't overplayed. I thought it was just a, a little too easy. Um, I I understand that the the person boarding the ship is going to have information into or about how to properly and and well and secretly do it. Okay, all right. That's why they're doing it, and they've been given you know uh, intel and whatever, but. Looking at the panels, it looks like they go to an airlock, they enter it, and they're in the ship. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, given the nature of the ship alone, before we even know fully well and good what it is about, one would think that it would take a little more than that to get on that ship. Okay, yeah. And and you would definitely think that in retrospect when you find out the uh, – I guess, the provenance of the ship. The lineage? Yeah, so, you know. Um, Cutting back inside the ship, we see that maybe everything is not right with one of the twins. Uh, Alexan seems to be acting a little odd. If you pay close attention, you can tell by the art visually that there is a change. Yeah, and and I, I do have to admit that that this part uh, also really disappointed me and let me down. Okay, be, because it occurred. Because it occurred so quickly. Okay. Okay. I, I can I can see the feasibility of it occurring, and I completely would buy that. But they've been. I mean, the the fight could have lasted hours, but I don't believe so. I, I honestly think that it lasted tops. An hour from the the doors opening to right where we are now. I think top, absolute oh. utmost top, an hour. Yeah, I, I I can I can I can go with that certainly. So, um, yeah. So the 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 the, uh, the 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 turned, I guess we'll say the changed, Alexan immediately attacks Pavel. Uh, yeah. Saying some stuff, but uh, turns. Turns, uh, turns his or her, I, I don't know. Their, their, uh, yeah, their attention on Pavel and attacks him. When that occurs, Lauren is like, oh, I know what's going on here. Uh, because Lauren now has become the dreaded smartest man in the room. Right, exactly. Uh, so he's, you know, he's, if, he's able to Sherlock everything together or whatever while we're sitting here going, what the heck? It is worth noting 
and I think you know we should that what he uses to attack his sibling. The twin sibling, however, yeah, his twin, but we don't know why because there are some theories that have been put out as to why they may be twins. Yeah, I, I got or, a cre- or how they may be twins, I guess more accurately. But I got a creepy incestuous vibe off of them myself. Yeah, especially soon after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a little bit later on in this issue. Yeah, you're kind of like, ooh, what? <laughs> kind but- of. <laughs> but um, it, it's worth noting that um, he, he – they – it – they attack their sibling with a double-sided lightsaber yes. of the red color. Yes. Which, as we didn't see anything like that anywhere else, it must have been one of the artifacts in the room. Must have been because – They'd have shown he was carrying, or I'm sorry, they, it, it, yeah, was carrying it like in the other fights or whatever. Yeah, so, okay. A double sided red light saber. I I wonder. Have you seen that before? Yeah, it's, it's scratching there at the back of my head, but I'm not, I'm not able to pull it up quick enough, so. Um, more of this goofy adversarial chit-chat between mm-hmm. Chaneth and uh, we, we do have a name for the droid in charge of the scimitar. It's 066. Yeah. Uh, I'm not... I, I don't know. I, I didn't dig it. I don't know what point it made in the story other than just a like a, a piece of sand in your eye is kind of what it was like for me. But Well, I, I, I thought it was interesting because uh, Chaneth beheaded the droid and took the head with them? Uh, well. So that the droid couldn't stab them in the back. Um, okay. They 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 needed the droid to get to where they were going because it right. had the, the nav info. But they didn't trust the droid not to kill them along the way and then finish what the Emperor wanted them to do so that technically the Emperor wouldn't have to pay or there wouldn't be any knowledge of this out there. Right, right. Accomplish your mission. So and they, yeah. Exactly. So they decided, okay, I need what's in your head. The rest is a threat to me. I get rid of it. And the droid is a little self-aware and has an issue with the overall circumstance. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of uh, giving the droid a, a, an actual personality rather yeah, than exactly. just, a, just a mechanical kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's it's more CP, C-3PO-esque in that, I mean, obviously it's self-aware. It has a personality. It has more than just, I will perform my duty, you know? Right, right. I must break you. Exactly. That that would be the Schwartz droid. Right. Um. Alexan and uh, Pavel are continuing their fight. Uh, they, they have a mini-panel, mini-page fight, and a couple things happen. Um, they finally speak, which is the first time that they've spoken, and we find out here in another couple pages why. And oddly enough, Pavel doesn't bleed, we find out. I, no, I thought because that was... Pavel has, and here is something also okay. consistent in the... Um, Star Wars universe, uh, Pavel has lost his, their, its hand. 
be from the lightsaber cut. Right. Uh, part, actually, it was. I mean, it was more than a hand. It was like halfway up the forearm. Or, right. Yeah, but I mean, you this this sim, symbology. Uh, yes, um, is there uh, because losing the dominant hand, of course, means you must accomplish all things with the lesser hand. Exactly. Right. You must eat and uh, anything else mm-hmm. with with the left with the with dirty the, hand. Yeah, with the same hand. So. Mm-hmm. Um. To let's see. To finish up this issue, uh, Chaneth, um encounters slash captures ultimately hmm. uh, Lando and Corrin mm-hmm. on, uh, we, on the ship uh, on the Imperialis. Right. Uh, we do find out that uh, Lando and Chaneth know each other. Yeah. Uh, we have Chaneth unmasked. We see the uh, person. Uh, it is a. It is a. If not humanoid, or if not human, a humanoid. I, I suspect that they're human. They're they're mm, truly human. Yep. Um, person there. So we we get more info about that, and we see Pavel and Alexan both having now uh, changed, mm-hmm. and I have encountered everyone else on the ship telling them that you all can kindly leave because we're taking the ship now. Right. Um, And I believe that – I believe here is where we get more information about Pavel and Alexan um, wanting a family and some other things, and you you get kind of a, oh – Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was like. Okay. So they're. They're. Are they siblings or are they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what are. What are. What are. What are they? What? We have some stuff thrown out, but the basis for that stuff is never really gotten into. So and you're, you're I. Sure. I personally got the uh, feeling that one was masculine and one was feminine. Uh, oh, maybe. I mean, I could I could see that they were uh, perhaps trying to do that, but not in just an overtly heavy-handed kind of way. Right. Yeah. So uh, that made it confusing, more so because there there were illusions, but there weren't specifications. You right. know what I mean? Right. There was nothing overt to say. Oh, uh, you know, one this and two, A and yeah. B. Well, you know, however you want to classify, you were just like. Oh, ambiguous and ambiguous. But and together they're ambiguous. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> so. All right. Um, so now, fifth issue, with final issue of the series. Of course, everything is going to wrap up here for us. Uh, uh, real quick, I, I do want to say uh, something about the cover of this one because this was the runner up for me. Oh, okay, okay. Um, on the cover. And, and by the way, I, I, I do want to say I have loved the uh, font styles throughout the series on the covers. But this one, this whole – you know, honestly, it's, it's a, a space cowboy sort of feel to the, to the name. The, yeah, the okay, font. Don't, don't, don't be throwing out any other sci-fi shows that no, are space not, cowboys, please. Not space uh, cowboy, but spacey, okay. westerny, okay? Okay. Not – the show. Okay. Um, that, um, I, yeah. Okay. 
but it, it lends itself because here is Lando. Uh, Lando. Wow. Wow. Okay. Lando. Oh, not the singer. Uh, Lando, looking over his shoulder, holding uh, five cards in his hand as if uh, he's looking at or for or out for something at a table of what you would automatically assume would be poker. You have uh, three other people um, at the table that you can see. Uh, One has one hand, and the other two have two hands holding sets of cards, and really you can only see their hands. The rest of them are in deep shadow. I just really love this one because this is rogue to me. Oh, well, yeah, okay, yeah, certainly. This is, you know, a back room, high stakes, here's the deed to my space cruiser. Uh, to, to my cargo ship. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, th- this is this is space rogue to me right here. Now, I wonder, uh, and this is also something that I did not consider until we are just sitting here talking about it. These three people around the table. Mm-hmm. Is that Corin, Pavel, and Alexan? I don't think so because they're all the same. Like their fingers look the same, but figuratively. Oh, that's a wow. Okay, I didn't even think about because you've got one hand. That's what makes me think that. Oh, dude, you're right. So this is representing. Lando's last-ditch effort to win the game, and and you don't have the confidence in him, so he's showing you what he's got, what he's working with. Wow, you're right, dude. And across the table, because by the end of the the fourth issue, uh, Corin has also decided that he is going to, uh, in in the um, for, for the benefit of knowledge, is also going to work with Alexan and Pavel. Yeah. So it he. Turn side, but not really turn side. He just figures that they're going to win, so he just throws in with them. Um, so it's a threesome. Yeah. Now, there is no representation on the cover of Chanith, who is also, of course, in the game, using the, the quote fingers here, mm. uh, in, in the story. But Chanith is just a uh, – sorry for the illusion. It's just a, a side chip. It's not the main point. Well, yeah, they're – the game is Chanith. Uh, well, yeah, okay. I guess Chanith could be the uh, the, the deciding factor, in essence, mm-hmm. uh, to win over Chanith between Lando and the other side, who in the story is three people. And we have three people here, like I say, one of which is distinctly represented as having only one hand holding the cards. Yeah, no, I, I totally, I totally agree that that is exactly what they were trying to do. And now, after the show, I'm going to try and figure out why they put the hands like they did. Maybe because it's just, again, they're just trying to elude. They're, they're not trying to just directly say. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, this is a, an interpretation of this point of the story or, or you know something like that. They're wrapping up the whole story up to this point in just one image. And so they're they're using a little bit of license as to what you know is uh, is directly reflected, what is visible to us. That's pretty cool, actually. Wow! And you know 
that that is a lot deeper than I usually think. So I, I'm I'm not sure what to do now. That's kind of wow. I, I I think you I think you drop the mic and walk away, dude. Oh, okay. So, um, next episode, we'll be talking uh, – no, well, still, got, <laughs> still got a couple more points here. Um, following up. This is really, for me, um, the issue where Lobot's story really comes together in a cool way. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like the way that they finished his story, but – uh, his journey that we saw just in these five issues was very interesting. Um, so uh, I said earlier that they kind of finished his story in a way that uh, the aspects that I was interested in are going to be really, really hard to explore further unless you go back in time. Yeah. From here moving forward, it, it'll be really, really difficult to – for me to have that same interest now in the character because the the character does undergo uh, his own journey in essence in, in these five issues as well. Mm-hmm. We see him and then by the end it's not the same Lobot that we saw at the beginning and it's like what? wow, that's all we get? Just yeah. Some... Um, let's see, let's see, let's see what else do I have written here? Um, just we we find out either in this issue or at the end of the last issue that this this ship, uh, who the owner is, uh, we're told in the fourth and fifth issues much more of the nature of the artifacts that were kept in the ship, uh, which kind of gives you an aha moment as to why the owner uh, would be the owner, why the owner would have uh, or even maybe be actively collecting these artifacts. Yeah, and, you know, we say, you know, we're not going to say everything. And listen to what we've said so far and put two and two and two and two together. You'll figure out what's on the ship, who owns the ship, and why an entire uh, space dock was destroyed because it got stolen. <laughs> why three star destroyers was sent to get it back? Uh, exactly, and why what seems to be the universe's top bounty hunter? Which, and I do have to admit, I did like this aspect. It wasn't Boba Fett. Right, right, right exactly. I really liked that the Emperor's go-to, whatever, uh, not bounty hunter, but. Agents, uh, agent, um, uh, agent X, uh, uh, yeah. bounty hunter, uh, whatever, was not Boba Fett. That I liked, but just listen to what we've said. We've given you all the clues. Yes. Wait. Yes, that's right. Right there, what you did. Yep. Yep. And uh, to finish the story. The, the entire story. Uh, we have one more little um, interaction uh, between Lobot and Lando. Uh, <laughs> Nate, uh, the, the singer from Logan, uh, no, Lando. Um, Lando, uh, a, a final scene that kind of wraps up uh, a portion of their story. And I say a portion because their story can continue beyond this conceivably. But a chapter. This chapter of their story uh, Lobot just kind of wraps up in, in kind of a cool way. And in a lot of ways, leaves Lando 
exactly where he was at when we ran into him at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know, it's kind of cliche to say, well, it's come full circle. But to, to me, it's more that Lando is. And he just went through all this stuff in these five issues, and Lando is. Yeah. That's that's how Lando is. Yeah. So, you know, um, maybe he grew, maybe he changed, but Lando is Lando. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's one of those things that at this point in his life, it's him. That's yeah. how that's how he rolls. That's just yeah, what he does. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you can bet that there will be a little bit of downtime, but he'll stick his nose right into something here before too long and be at it again. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 you know one of those. Oh, I learned from this how not to do that next time. Exactly. Yeah, maybe you did learn, but you didn't learn what everybody else would have learned. <laughs> yeah, it's not one of those. I should change my ways. No, no. It's like. I see what I did there on deck two wrong. I'll not do that the next time I board a ship. Right. You know, so. All right. Um, for those new to the show, we have a rating system. <laughs> Our rating system is binary. It is blue lightsaber for good, black, or excuse me, red. Oh, see ya. Red, Thank you. Red lightsaber for <laughs> whatever you want the opposite of good to be, bad or maybe just not enjoyed as opposed to enjoyed. Right, exactly. Or, or maybe you just felt that it was a four instead of a five. Right. So blue and red. Levi, all five issues of the Lando miniseries, what, what do you give it? Um, I'm, I'm going to have to get it, give it a, a very um, a pulsing blue saber. Uh, like I said, I, I loved the chance to explore uh, Lando um, more than what we got to in any of the, the movies. Right. Um, I was disappointed in the fact that, granted, it was only five issues, but it was only about this one heist. Instead of a grander mission or a, a grander scheme that connects with uh, the the story and timelines that we know, and that honestly it was more about the other characters in the comic it, than it, it was about Lando himself. It really was. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're it, absolutely right. It it was more about uh, Lobot than Lando. It it was more about the twins than it was Lando. It was even more uh, about the the bounty hunters sent after the ship. And to be honest, it was more about the ship than it was Lando. More revealed about those characters than was truly revealed about Lando. Exactly. It was like Lando was Lando throughout the thing. All these characters and these places and these ships and these artifacts. That was the, the the great experience in this series. Um, but still, seeing more about Lando was cool. Plus, everything else was really cool. So a very large, very pulsating blue saber. I will say, I thought the artist did an excellent job of maintaining Billy D. Williams' face on Lando. Yes, Wherever yes. he was in the book, 
yep. you could tell it was Billy D. Williams. So yep, absolutely, uh, that 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 deserves a uh, some applause because this artist isn't the most isn't the uh, the, the cleanest of of art styles that no. they, that they employ. Um, but at no time did I look at Lando and not be able to tell that that was Billy D. Williams that he was channeling that was supposed to be. Exactly. So. Even even with like the distant shots where where it's just like a vague representation of the face, you're still like, no, no, that's Lando. I look at that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It. It's you know, um, it makes me wonder if 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 there was um, any input from higher ups that that he needed to do that. He needed to to be sure. Um, I was going to say Lucas, but it's not Lucas anymore. It's no. Disney. So, I, yeah, I, I just wonder, as being a property, if Disney said, well, you know, go ahead, go ahead, whatever. But here, this, you, you have to do it like this. I don't know. Um, I know with experience with um, uh, artists, but my personal, um, they take a lot of pride in being able to represent something accurately when they set their mind to it. I honestly uh, can see them having a photo or multiple photos probably of him either in a place that they visit regularly or right in front of them where they perform their art. Okay, as, as a reference to be able to always use it? Exactly, yes. Okay. But, yeah, that first, I, I definitely wanted to say that. I enjoyed that aspect of it. That was that was really cool. Yeah. Um. Definitely more things that I liked than I didn't like about it, um, and most of what I didn't like was where they um, left things. I didn't like where they left the twins. Mm-hmm. I didn't like where they left Lobot. Mm-hmm. Um, to some extent, I, I didn't like really where they left Lando because, mm-hmm. to me, they didn't leave him anywhere that he wasn't already. Yeah, nothing had been accomplished. Yeah, you know, so it was uh, okay. So uh, the story, the ride for most of the, the story was cool. I, I was with it. But after the end and looking back at the entire journey, a lot of these end point things that they used, I just wasn't I would have wished for something different, but they weren't they weren't badly done to me or anything like that to to say that well you know that story was terrible because it's just like it's a good story oh and I just didn't like how it ended yeah I mean, it was a bad story just that I didn't like the ending and that's that's kind of where uh, the Lando story left me um, like you said we really didn't get. Any more insight, maybe a, just a little teeny bit into Lando. Well, I mean, like maybe someone he knew at the beginning of the issue or contacts that he had along the way. But other than that, like character, like character development, there was none. No, they, they used. They used. Are you still there? Sorry, no. It was it was the it was still the the same that we knew. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe um, we see a little. We we our understanding of the relationship between 
Lando and Lobot was added to. Yes. From what we saw in the movie. That I will say. But yes. beyond that, as far as Lando is concerned, we I don't think we really got a whole lot. That that was probably the most significant addition to Lando that we got was more insight into his relationship with, with Lobot. Yeah. Not uh you know, not just a a secondary or tertiary character, Lobot, uh, turns out now we know is much more important to Lando than that. Very much, yes. So we're, we're left with that. Um, so all of that, uh, having been said, I, I would agree. I, I, I'm kind of concerned about using the word pulsating, though. I don't <laughs> lightsabers. I don't know if that's, you know, some sort of illusion or, but a, a blue, I, I have no problem with saying a blue lightsaber. I, I get but but yeah, describing it as as pulsating, I, I just I I kind of hedged there. I, oh, okay. I'm not Sorry. sure. Kind of it makes me kind of not feel good inside. It's kind of, you know. Um, well, it's just how excited I am. Oh, and that's that's. I, I don't want to to damper your enthusiasm at all. <laughs> I appreciate um, that. And 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 that is not an illusion. That, no, that is, I, no, I know, I know. You you don't want to have, you know, uh, to lessen my pulsating saber. Yes, that is just me being straight up. <laughs> okay. Yes, it is. Uh, so so, anyways, we um, we haven't uh, received any um, significant feedback, any directed feedback. Just what we have been getting, and that's a lot of likes and uh, shares on Facebook, and likes and retweets on Twitter. I post the episodes. Um, actually, I should have looked, but I'm not sure what our actual like number is on the uh, Facebook page. But I'll look that up next time and, and throw out a number. Uh, next time out, I believe, and for whatever reason, I didn't write this down when we talked about it, Levi. <laughs> uh, did we decide that we're going to do the Shattered Empire miniseries next episode? Yeah. It was that? Okay. Yeah. Um, and as we have said with other episodes, we're not 100% sure when it's going to come out, but it, it certainly will be out sooner rather than later, definitely uh, before the end of the year. Oh, yeah. Um, but even now, things are getting even sketchier than they would have been with all of this holiday stuff and, you know, Merry Christmas, Merry Holiday, Happy Feast of Whomever. Eating that day, at, you know. So, yeah, right. um, so uh, four issues. So that will actually I, that will probably turn out to be our longest episode yet because it's our shortest number of books. <laughs> exactly. So we get to expound more. Uh, right. Right. Uh, the, right. The, the inverse proportion of uh, of comic book podcasting. I there believe, you go. Is that axiom? Yeah, uh, if you want to contact us, guys, you can do it a variety of ways. Um, we've already said Twitter. Yes. Teal, T-E-A-L Productions uh, is the Twitter to follow for announcements for Star Wars uh, The New Era. We have Facebook and Google Plus pages where the episodes are posted as well. Feel free to leave comments there. The website is bigtimenoise.com slash Star Wars. Uh, Big Time Noise website is part of the Comic Book Noise, which is part of the Deliberate Noise networks. And if you choose to use that old-fashioned email thing, you can use a new Star Wars era at Gmail as the address to accomplish it thusly to us. 
Uh, if you want to use a different email, go right ahead, but it, it, won't, go to, uh, it, won't, it, won't, it won't get to us. Right, yeah, f- feel free. Um, uh, and, but, and now, also, uh, on Twitter, if you want to, uh, you can contact Ed or I directly. Um, mine is Levi D. Moore, and Ed, yours is? Um, probably, use? Yeah, probably uh, stick with Teal Productions, because okay. I, I monitor it the closest. All right, and, and I only have the one instead of your 20, so, yeah, the best chance is just, you know. Okay. Yeah. So you set all of that up just to smash on my multiple Twitter accounts. You like how I do that? Yeah, it's uh, okay. Very, very shrewd. That's called I'll, devotion. I'll, I'll have you know mm-hmm. that I do that because there are so many things on Twitter that interest me that I have to break them up so that I can follow them with any type of, of consistency. So I'm a, a multifaceted man. I understand, I, and I'm Charlie Brown, and I heard a lot of wah, wah, wah right there. Oh, did you? Okay. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing Lucy is what I'm hearing. But <laughs> um, all righty, guys. I think that's everything from us. Uh, just keep your eyes tuned, ears peeled, however you monitor the uh, feed for us. The next episode will be the four issues of... Star Wars something or other or other Shattered Empires, whatever the big long title of that miniseries was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it was like, like ten words. It was yeah. yeah. So uh, that's what we'll be talking about next. And hopefully you'll join us and we'll continue our journey in the Star Wars comic book universe as shepherded by Levi and Ed. We'll talk to you guys later. Star Wars The New Era is a Teal production, and as such, is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative, 3.0 unported license. Music provided by freemusicarchive.org.